0: We are seven days into the new year. How are the New Year's resolutions going? Are we all fat again? We're working on it at least. Well, I love the Feast of the Epiphany. It's one of the last feasts of the celebration, depending on which liturgical calendar you look at, of the Christmas season. So there are some other people that actually don't end the Christmas season until next week when we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. And so technically it's 12 days, so it ends yesterday on the 6th, technically, but you know what? Merry Christmas. We are here to celebrate the light of the world, and that is the same light of the world that the Magi followed from the east to find the Christ child in the manger in Bethlehem. In fact, it was interesting, even Damon Lane put out on the news this last week that, did you know, in the month of January, there will be 45 minutes of extra light by the end of the month? It's like, yeah, this was planned by God. That the darkest day in the year is three days before Jesus' birth. And that every day thereafter until the summer solstice, we have a little bit more light every day. It was planned that way on purpose. So when we talk about Jesus being the light of the world, we begin to see more light in the world, in the day, every day. So that our theology can be based on our reality, and our reality can be based on our understanding of God. Now, when we talk about the three magi, was it really three kings that came from the east? Was it this mystical group of people that came from the east? Ultimately, it doesn't matter. I know some people get really mad when you say, no, there weren't just three kings. How dare you say that, Father? I remember my first year in seminary taking an intro to theology class And we had a book that we had to read, the 101 questions about the Bible. And one of the first questions in there was, were there three wise men? And it said, no. And I'm like, what? What do you mean there weren't three wise men? We make songs. We three kings of Orient are, we sing about it. We know there's three wise men, right? Well, nowhere does it specifically say in Scripture that there were only three wise men we attribute there only being three because there were gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. So three gifts, three wise men, poof! That's how we get the narrative sometimes of tradition that gets handed down year after year after year, generation after generation after generation. So whether there were three wise men or there were magi from the East, that's not the important part of this story when we celebrate the Epiphany. What's important is the star that leads to the joy of the world. The joy of the world being the light of Christ in the midst of darkness in a world. In the midst of a world touched by fear, touched by despair, where everyone in Jerusalem was worried with they heard the Christ child had been born. Did you notice that in tonight's gospel? Not only was Herod flustered, so too were all the people of Jerusalem worried. Because they knew that that meant something different was going to happen. Even the people that weren't Jewish in the area of Jerusalem knew their story of how they got there. They had seen when a Christ-like figure had come up in the book of Exodus, what happened to the captives. They all got swept by the river when they crossed through, and they all were given famines and so many different plagues so that God's people could be set free. Well, these are people that are now in the midst of Jerusalem, being ruled yet again by a non-godly figure, the Roman Empire, and they then are afraid, oh no, this happened in the book of Exodus, and Moses delivered the people from slavery. Christ is known as what? The new Moses. There are so many similarities between the time frame of Exodus and the time frame in the life of Jesus. Remember, in the book of Exodus, there were so many Jewish people being born that the Pharaoh at the time said to kill every male son born under the age of two. The women could live. Because from the men was supposed to come this savior-type figure. But also, he was worried you can only have so many women produce extra children. Men can populate multiple at a time. So he was just kind of doing the math in his head. Men bad, women good. Move on. Fast forward to the time of Jesus. King Herod, as well, had a general announcement go out, to kill the male children of the area. That's part of why Joseph and Mary escaped to Egypt, ironically, until the death of Herod when they return. We'll hear about that in the next few weeks in the Gospels. But in the fullness of time, what's important for us is remembering who Christ is. And what that means for each and every one of us. That even in the midst of our imperfection, he seeks to love us. Not as we ought to be, not as we want to be, but as we are. God loves you as you are today. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, full of sin, having just gone to confession, no matter what your state of grace is God loves you. Now, in that love, he calls us to that state of grace. He calls us to turn from sin. But even if out of stubbornness, out of disobedience, we say, I will never repent. God's response to us is still the same. I love you. I love you. I love you. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the good news, and if you've been paying attention to anything I've said in the last two years, you've heard that and begun to integrate that into your hearts, so that no matter what obstacles we face in life, because there will be obstacles, this week has been awesome, but it's been a really tedious week. It's been a really difficult week for many. We've had multiple people in the parish that have died, between Joyce and who we laid to rest last Saturday, Showns, and Mary Walker, who be laid to rest on Monday. Those are just parishioners. We've had Pope Benedict, who passed away this last Saturday. And many of our other family members' fathers pass away, or mothers pass away, friends pass away, and death is always seemingly surrounding us. But in the midst of death, we are reminded of He who is eternal life. Because Satan doesn't want us to have a moment to breathe. He wants you to feel like you are just burdened so much that you can't find a moment just to come up for a gasp of air. Especially the more we work on our relationship with God. So it wasn't just a joke when I come out and say, how's your year going? Because for many of us, it may not be going well. Only seven days in, it may be the worst year ever. For some, it may be the best year ever. Some people are beginning new traditions. Some people are beginning new disciplines. Some people are doing the Bible in a year with Father Mike Schmidt. Anybody doing that this year? Some people might be doing the catechism in a year with Father Mike Schmidt. Anybody doing that one too? That one's tedious. If you made it through Wednesday, the 48-minute one, God bless you, it'll get easier, but also more difficult. Because that's how our faith sometimes works. Some of us are even doing more ascetical things like Exodus 90 or more prayer-based things in our lives. And if you're not, that's okay. How is the Lord speaking to you today? How is he calling you to see in this Christ child in the manger, in that star of Bethlehem that led the wise men, whether three or a plethora of them, to the manger? How is he calling you to be led to the manger as well? So that when we come for the receiving of the Eucharist, of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ— we too are being led by the light of the world to receive something that we don't deserve, to receive something that we aren't even worthy to be in its presence of. But as Moses in the desert saw that burning bush and he came closer to it, the Lord said, Stop! This is holy ground. Take off your shoes. Keep your shoes on. <laughs> but as we approach the Lord... We were approaching that same God of the universe that first witnessed to the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that through the lineage that we heard at the the Christmas Vigil Mass, those 42 generations that are the most tedious gospel for many of you ever to listen to, It's the most tedious gospel for me to read, is one of the most beautiful gospels that we have. Because it shows us no matter how big of a sinner we are, God can still work miracles through us. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the message of the epiphany. That the Lord our God took on flesh, humbled himself to be constrained by these bones and by this skin and by our nature, creator of all things, loves you so much that he would live a life just like you in all things but sin. And then he'd be made the scapegoat, the ultimate scapegoat, where all of the sins of humanity, of the world from time immemorial, will be placed on his shoulders. Talk about the weight of a cross. And he bore that cross for you and for me. And then when he falls under the weight of it, he gets back up by himself. And then he falls again and he gets back up. And he falls again and the community of faith has to help him with the weight of that cross. And as we see on this crucifix behind me, he offers himself lovingly, freely, joyfully, so that not one of you or me has to pay the price of our sins. I don't know what better Christmas gift we could be given than the opportunity for eternal salvation. But just as the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh were brought by the wise men to that nativity, the Lord offers us gifts every moment of our lives. It's not gold, it's not frankincense, it's not myrrh, but it's grace, it's peace, it's joy, it's faith, it's love, those gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit that can truly give us what it is that we are yearning and longing to receive that the world cannot give. We get distracted, and we get led astray. We start chasing fireflies instead of chasing that star of Bethlehem, and we get distracted time and time again. But in the midst of it, the Lord keeps calling us back to Him and saying, "Let me love you. Let me love you. Let me love you." So this year, as we continue through this celebration of the Feast of the Epiphany, getting ready for the baptism of the Lord that we celebrate next Sunday, may we see this week as an opportunity. You're going to have some rough days. You're going to have some joyful days. But no matter what is going on, where is the joy to the world in your life? Where is love in your life? Where can peace be found? Find it in the Lord. Find it in the Christ child. Find it in Jesus Christ who truly is our Lord, our Savior, and our God.